The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. Yeah, this is James Loving, your host for Loving That Sports Talk. And I could say always, every week, great show, great guests, great topics, everything. Well, I got my guest Chris on the line, but Chris will be co-hosting the show with me and sometime when I'm not able to do the show, she'll be doing the show. How you feel about that, Chris? I feel great about it, James. There we go. We got to shake it and bake it, right? There you go. Well, until we have our guest call in today, Chris, I guess it's me and you for now. Okay. And uh, we get into the world of sports. Uh, we get outside the world of sports, but we're going to start the topic off, Chris. A little bit of what's going on. You know, you got to be up on your sports now. You know that, right? Of course. Bring it on. Bring it in. Well, just let's get on the top of, um, I would like to get your thought over what you think of it. I'm going to give you my thought first. You tell me what you think. Um, Derek Rose, uh, Chicago Bulls. He's been hurt lately in his years of playing with the Bulls. You know, a couple of knee surgeries and all like that. Barely played. They gave him that big contract. I think he's making like $93 million. $28 $28 million a year. You know, he's a franchise player. But <laughs> he's been in the media a lot. You know, um, back in a couple of years ago, uh, his brother made a statement. I guess his brother was supposed to be like his agent. But made a statement that the Chicago Bulls need to get a lot of players, uh, more players around to help him. Got to running them off, you know. Uh, that kind of went underneath the Bulls uh, organization and the fans. Hey, you're not playing. You know, you always hurt. And then when you hurt, you're supposed to come back. You don't come back. You still sit out. You know, a lot of players were mad about that clip. And he didn't come back in the playoff. But my question, you and my point to make is, he was in a media the other day, uh, first day of uh, basketball media. He was talking about uh, free agency, and he's not up, contract not up for two more years. Everybody's like, why are you talking about that now? You need to start, you know, worry about playing now. But then he get hurt. Now he's out enough six weeks. Um, what do you think of one Chris, of the comments he's making of where he's going and what do you think Chicago fans are all should do? Well, for the first thing, as far as his comment, you know, it's it's way too soon to even be talking about that. Uh, all he's going to do is is get any fans that he has or, or the the coach, the owners. You know, people don't want to want to put their trust in him. You know, he hasn't proven himself in two years. But yet, you know, he 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 thinks he he's he's all it, and he's not. He hasn't proven it. Well, the second so, thing, because go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. Uh, and then the 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 second point. There's a question you asked was, you know, how do how how, how should everybody feel about it? Well, upset, of course. I mean, the 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 man has an ego. You know, saying that he wants, you know, he got this big contract, he hasn't played for two years, and now he's talking about free agency, and he's hurt again. 
Um, and, and, and last year he got through saying that he, didn't, he wasn't going to play that hard because he wants to be able to walk at his son's graduation when his son turns 18. Hello? <laughs> I mean, do you want to be an athlete or not? And if you want to be an athlete, you have to put, put your 100% into it. Mm-hmm. Let's kind of go back here. Let's let's think about this. Um, you know, back. Uh, I know you know about sports. Um, let's say back when I played. Back then, it was the love of the game. Now you got where football. Or let's just do football. Sports in general. Uh, we had these owners. All they cared about, you know, money. Now you got the players. Say, okay, now you want to make a business. That's all we care about. You think that's how it is now? You know, it's like all these players, you know, seeing what the owners are about. Because we know now the owners don't care about the player, and and we know as a player, I mean, being a player, get get with how much money you can out of them, right? Right. Because you're not in football. Uh, the average life kind of play for about three and a half years. But I don't know about basketball, but you know, you try to get the most money you can so you can have a life afterwards to live, right? But you know, the amount of money you make. Um, twenty eight million a year. How much life you want to live after that? You know. But my point to you, Chris, is, is um, you see these players that say, you know, forget all of the fans. And if you look at a fan, you know, football game, one person go to it, they're spending a ticket in a game, food and drink. You spend three hundred dollars a person. You know. You think these players are just saying, you know, I don't care all about me. It's not about the game of playing. The people come and pay. Well, the owner's all about me. Don't you see that a little bit more now? You definitely see it more, but there there are still a lot of players out there that do it for the love of the game, like when, when you guys were playing. But uh, now there there seems to be a few, you know, with the egos that, that want what they want, when they want it, how they want it, and forget about if they win or lose. It's about them making their, producing for them, not for the team. Yeah, but I mean, if you figure you're going to get three years in there, you're going to get hurt. So, don't you have to look out for your future, though? I mean, I understand where, you know, I see a lot of players that will not play now. They can barely get out of bed because of their injuries. But, you know, that's from playing 10, 14 years. You know, you know, you do have to look into a point of, you know, like with the head injuries, the concussions, you know. Um, a lot of players, funny enough, said, you know, man, can barely even say their name now because, you know, but when is there a point to where, you know, the people who's paying for you, you know what I'm saying? Right. Well, but I, but I still say that, that they have to, I mean, I, I understand what you're saying about, you know, the three and a half years and so forth, but it's a matter of, you know, when, before you even sign that contract, you, you make sure you have a team around you. You have, you know, a financial advisor with you who's going to advise you properly. You don't have to go out and buy 20,000, 20, 20 cars. You don't have to have this, this mansion. You know, you don't have to go and, and, and spend all this money on everybody. You know, it's a matter of, of priorities and, and being able to be smart about your money and, and make that mo- have that money make money for you so that after three and a half years or four years or ten years, you know, that you don't really have to work again if you don't want to. You know, that money's making money for you. Yeah, but that's hard to tell a 21-year-old kid since it came out of where they didn't have $10 to eat in a week, you know. But now you got all this money in your pocket, you know. It's like you give a little kid a bunch of candy, a whole 
jar cannons and sit them in front. You think he's just going to eat two and stop? No, he'll try to eat the whole jar, right? Right, but that, but that, so that, 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 that's people, an issue. They'll try to spend all their money up that they have in there. I mean, I know I play that check we had every Monday. I would make sure it was going by Tuesday, you know? I'm like, okay, there'll be another one on Monday. I didn't think that. Save some candy, but next week at the candy store closed. You know what I'm saying? Right. Well, I I was I watched a show. It was a couple weeks ago, and I think I mentioned it to you about Michael Vick. And one thing that they that they mentioned about him, uh, you know, he knew he was going to go pro, and as soon as he, you know, was drafted, uh, you know, he he of course had everyone and their dog, you know, all his family and all, all his boys from back home, they were all around him. Uh, and, and everyone around him seemed to be yes-men. You know, they're all, they, they were telling him what he wanted to hear, not what he needed to hear. Uh, and and, that, and that, they, they said that, that was his biggest deficit, was not having anybody around him to tell him no, or tell him, you know, look, try this way. And, 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 and you know, he was, he, he was having everyone around who, who, you know, they were doing wrong for him. You know, not everybody, but a good portion of them were. And that's what I see in, in a lot of these, you know, that they don't look at the big picture. They don't, they don't, they don't notice see the big picture. That, you know, that, that there's more, you know, more to life after football. And they don't see beyond that. Hmm. I, I, mean, I see what you're saying, but you, you can't see... Beyond that, when you see it in front of you, you know, you're not looking beyond. I mean, you're looking at all the money, and they all well, still have a couple of million left and all that. You know what I'm saying? Yes. You're looking in front. You're not looking beyond, you know? Like, hell, who would look and say a million dollars won't go a whole year for them, you know? Right. But then again, that, that's the problem, you know, when, when, they, when they get signed by an agent. You know, these agents should be talking to them and, and saying, hey, you know, you need to get this, this, this lined up. You know, we need to have this set up. But all they're looking at is that, hey, this is a paycheck for me. You know, that, that this guy's going to go sign a $100 million contract. I'm going to get, you know, two what, 10% of that or 20% of that. You know, it's a big paycheck for them. And, and they're not looking out for the best interest of their client. Some do, some don't. But I, I, I think it starts there. It starts with the family. It starts with the friends, the coaches. I mean, it's, it's a whole atmosphere that, that's... A, a, a lot of these players that that don't know better or, or haven't been guided properly, um, that there there's this problem, and it's going to continue to be like you know what what what, what you just saw uh, with 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 Derek Rose that he's all about him. Yeah, but I mean I, I see what you're saying, but the money's going to even get greater and greater as the years go. You know, it's gonna be four hundred million contract, you know, if time go. If they're already up to a hundred some million right now, just in ten twenty years from now, you know. Right. What do you do there when you got a player a kid and bring him on fifty million every, you know, year? You know what I'm saying? Oh, I I do and, and it's it, i don't know what to say on that because it's 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 not it's not realistic, you know, for some of these kids. It's you know, you you see people that that win win the lottery, and it's the same thing. They they hadn't really had money before, and all of a sudden, they're they're given a slush fund, and they just 
go out and then they're in a worse position than they were before they won the lottery. Yeah, but I mean, if, if they count enough to earn that, you know, I see a lot of people like, God, you know, these sports guys could absolutely get all this money. That is a lot of money. I mean, you look at it, that's a lot of money for, but hey, if that's where all the money is pouring in, people watching TV to watch football, and, you know, they can pay that. That's what we're going to do, Chris. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more what's going on in um, the league of um, football. Uh, who's hurt? Who's coming back? And what team looks good after week three of the NFL? But this is James Levin, and my co-host, Chris. We'll be right back. All right. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America Interactive Radio Player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with loving that sports talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving, your host, co-host with me, Chris. I'm loving that sports talk. Are uh, you there, Chris? I am here. Well, Chris, since we're going to lay out Derrick Rose, because I'm kind of disappointed in him, I want to ask you that you thought would be one of those great, you know, and be good for kids as a role model, but it seems like he's turning, you know, to one of those athletes that's going to be blackballed off the league so the way he keeps running him off. you agree with that? Uh, I, I agree. I, I, I don't think that after these two years, I think he's going to be given up on. 
because he hasn't proven himself, hasn't shown that you know he's he's there for the team. Yeah, exactly. But well, NFL is week three is over with. We had some teams that were surprising winners, some surprising losers. But let's start off with um, my Eagles. They finally won the game, huh? I, you know, um, I'm, I'm sorry to say I was kind of surprised because they were playing against the Jets, and I've 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 been telling you the Jets had a good defense, but based on that game, no, <laughs> they didn't have a good defense. Wait a minute, what you mean surprised? <laughs> I was surprised. I you know the the Eagles Eagles are good, but I thought that the Jets were were better, but not well, against the Eagles. Well, you gotta look at it. Everybody thought the Jets were better because the Jets beat uh, who the week before. Uh, what team was that? And it was like, oh, the Jets are great. You know, they got that defense. Uh, I can't think. It was a good team, but anyway. You remember the Eagles still got that potent offense, you know that you know just haven't clicked yet. Yeah, you know, that's and they didn't win by you know the offense. You know you had a probably turned by Derek Sproles, uh, you know special team, but you know special team where you would beat you, you know. Special teams. Well, I've I've been telling you for a long time that defense defense wins games. Well, I'm not surprised. I didn't think the Eagles would be over three at this season. At least think there'll be one game they won. So that's the game they took. So we ought to go with it. But I still think this season will be, you know, not a winning season because you know um, all the changes that the coaches made, and yes. uh, so it's not gonna be a great season for them. But hey, win some, you lose some. Right. right. But, but as we know, um, still talking about the Broncos. Um, they're in a winning. You don't look that good on offense. Did you think they looked that good? Uh, they haven't. Well, the, the first half, they didn't. I mean, it was pretty, I, I, I think, wasn't it the third quarter or the, the second quarter they did most of their, at the end of the second quarter they scored most of their points for both them. But, uh, no, I, I, I think they, they're lucky. They're lucky to be 3-0. Well, Chris, we got our guests for now. You didn't ask? Can you hear me, Nancy? Hey, how you doing, man? Good, good, good. Yeah, it's so good to have you on, man. Ah, uh, man, sorry it took a little longer. I uh, went a little over, but I'm I'm good now. We can talk. Yeah, well, Nancy, I got Chris online, so we co-host with me. Uh, Chris, meet Nancy. Hey, Nancy. Hey, how you doing, Chris? Good. So, so Nancy, I get to hit it twice from two people. Is that all right? Oh, that works for me. I have a problem. <laughs> Well, guys, I want to start off saying thanks. I know your schedule busy. I'll tell you, Chris, that uh, I know you was out of town. You're in Florida, right? I'm in Florida. Yeah, you're, you're busy, but like, if you find time, we'd love to have you on. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm gonna start off with you, and then I'm gonna let Chris know. But I gotta start okay. off with you one. Uh, another NFL season start, but you know, you, you'll see how we see how what's going on with them. They ain't looking that good. Uh, you know, you have, uh, you can't always be at the top of your game all the time. Uh, but, uh, I'm still picking those guys to win the division. And, and from that point, you know, what happens happens, but I'm still picking them to, to be at the top at the end of the year. Chris? So you so you think in week two that that was the the, the championship game between those two? Oh, say what now? 
in, in week two when, when Seattle and uh, Green Bay played each other, that that was the, 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 the championship. Uh, I, I feel like this. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go to, to Vegas and bet against it. I mean, I, I think those are probably uh, the two best teams in, in the NFC, and they, uh, they, they both are playing. Uh, they both will be playing at high levels, especially when you're talking about, you know, everything on the line in the playoffs. Uh, they have enough veteran uh, leadership, and they have enough guys that have been there and done that, where they're not going to uh, they're not going to be hesitant. And I think most of all, both teams believe that they can win and they deserve to win. True. Yeah. Go ahead, Chris, and then I guess I'll submit. Well, I was just going to say that, uh, you know, the Green Bay has just been on a tear from, from the get-go, uh, both offense and defense. Seattle's had a little hiccups here and there. Uh, oh, they, yeah. they, they haven't, you know, done, done everything correct, especially because there's been so many changes in the team. Uh, what, what, what do you think they need to do in order to get to the Super Bowl? Well, no. I mean, I mean, it's not how you start; it's how you finish. So, I think uh, for the most part, Seattle is probably the most resilient team, you know, in the National Football League. So, I'm, I'm not concerned with you know early hiccups. I'd be more concerned with hiccups late in the year. I mean, because those are the ones that are far more costly. Uh, you know, they've had some issues. They've they've had some personnel uh, that wasn't there. That's there now. So let's let's just see where they go from go from this point further. You know, what I like most about the Seahawks is that, uh, you know, being around those guys and, and, and watching how they prepare, act, behave, and operate, you know, they, they have a belief system that's second to none in the National Football League. So if there's a team that truly has the confidence to get things turned around and start moving in the right, in the right direction, that's the Seattle Seahawks. And so... I mean, we're what, what, the fourth game in the season? I mean, there's no – if anyone hits the panic button right now, then they they are really out of touch with reality. Yeah, yeah I, I agree with you there. The time was um, uh, Aaron Rodgers said last year. Remember when Green Bay was freaking out? He told them, relax, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, a long time ago, you know, if you win in November, you're going to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You know that's that's the most crucial crucial month of the season is November. You dominate November more times than not. Even with a subpar record, you will catapult yourself into that position to go to the playoffs. And so you know we're still in September. Yeah. Man, I got a uh, question. I, I, I don't. I'm, you know, hell, I never played defense. I know your defense and your key part of the uh, see how defense when you play with. How important yeah. is it when a key player like Chancellor is not starting the season with these guys and then, you know, do that affect the defense when the star player is not there and, you know, or... Well, um, well, I'll say this, you know, you don't know how important an individual an individual is until he's not there. You know, when you, when you look at the Seahawks, you know, uh, to be honest with you, you know, Cam was like the third wheel in the secondary. You know, you you think, you know, you, you think Richard Sherman, you know, Thomas. But it looks like, you know, yeah. Cam's going to probably be the glue that keeps everything together. So, 
uh, it's going to be interesting to see how the see how players respond to his return, how the organization responds to his return, and uh, see at the end of the year, you know, if he's compensated for that. But if, if but if he starts to win, or if the Seahawks start to win, then you can't deny that they're starting to win because Cam is back. Perfect. So now I want to take you back a little bit. Just, um, I, I did, did did some some checking on you just to to see what uh, what, what, what 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 I could find on you. And one thing okay. I was didn't wasn't aware of because I've, I've been listening to James's show and I, it never came up on it. I wasn't aware that you played with Warren Moon at University of Washington. Oh uh, yes, we came in the same year. Uh, well, we were part of Don James's first class, and and I tell people a story all the time. Don James was a very astute, unique, smart guy. Uh, back in those days, when you went to junior college, you usually had to stay in the junior college your freshman and sophomore year. But what Don James did, he was actually looking at a wide receiver by the name of Warren Moon, and he just asked Warren, you know, if, if you're ready to come to, to college now, before your college, I'm ready to sign you. And so Warren, you know, packed his bags and came with Leon Garrett to the University of Washington. And how, how, was, he, how was he to play with? Oh, great guy. I mean, he's a great leader. You know, he's, 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 he's the right guy at that position because, you know, he's going to leave it all on the field. You know that he's fearless, tough, he's smart. Uh, he makes good plays. You know, that's why when, you know, he was a senior and, and NFL teams were talking about making him to a safety, I was like, you, you know, you, you guys are, are really lost your mind because uh, he had all the qualities to be a quarterback. You know, strong arm, but I mean, the intangible, the leadership that you want at that position, uh, a guy that would get other guys to follow him. And and so I was like, you trying to make him into a safety or something? He's, first of all, he's not really fast enough to be a safety. You know, he's quick enough, but he wasn't fast enough. And so, but that was a whole different era and different issue that the NFL was having because they were questioning African-Americans taking leadership roles on, on NFL teams. And they'll sit there and say what they want to say, but... Their actions, you know, pretty much prove that. When you look at, you know, it took uh, a center, which is the most, you know, I think the most important position on the offense, you know, we didn't have two starting centers until the 80s. Uh, Ray Donaldson, who I played with uh, in, in Baltimore and Indianapolis, and then, uh, you know, another guy that, you know, even has more notoriety because I've had too many hits to the head, I can't remember, but he started uh, at center uh, for the Miami Dolphins. And so, you know, here we are in the 80s, and you don't have, you know, uh, many middle linebackers that are black, you know. So, but that, that's, that's a whole different deal right there anyway. So let's get back to Warren. Warren was the right guy at the right time for the University of Washington. Perfect. And we know what's happened since then because history has been written oh, about yeah. it. Exactly. So um, before we go to break, I just have a question for you. Who was your favorite coach of all time that you played for? My favorite coach of all time is actually my high school coach, Ralph Vidal. Nice. And what was it about him? Uh, he cared so much about us. He wanted us to just not, you know, be successful in the football field, but successful off the football field, you know, he he really talked about, you know, your your athleticism, your athleticism being a being a gateway 
see your future. You know, it would afford you an opportunity to go to college and get a scholarship. And, you know, let's not even, you know, factor in the, the National Football League, but you get an education. And, you know, that's, that's the one thing he, he drilled down deep with a lot of us. And, you know, we had players going to Division I uh, universities and graduating and, and moving on. You know, some of us did go to the NFL. Some of us went on to, to live, you know, a good life. Great. Well, so that's well, always important to have. So, well, so anyway, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, okay. we're going to come back and talk a little bit more about when you're at the University of Washington. Oh, that'd be great. I'd love to chat with you about that. Okay. Great. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams, Kwame's got the experience. So he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving, your host for Loving That Sports Talk and co-host it would be Chris. Is that Chris? I am still here. Chris, and we're fortunate to have our guest, former NFL player, Nancy Glasgow. Nancy, you still there? I'm here, right with y'all. So, Nancy, we were talking about when you played at the University of Washington, and I I know during the break you were talking about uh, going to the Rose Bowl in 78, and your team won. Um, But one thing I want to congratulate you on was you're the one who pretty much won the game at the end because Michigan was coming down to try to tie the game, and you intercepted the ball. It was less than a minute left and stopped them from scoring. So congratulations. Yeah, yeah, actually, there, were, there were actually two defining plays. I think Michael Jackson, his interception uh, really uh, turned the tide, and I would say, you know, 
got that things moving in the right direction because they were on the way to scoring and he got his. But it was true. Uh, you know, the previous play, I I could sense it that the quarterback thought that uh, his receiver was open, but but he wasn't open. He didn't know the range I had, I guess. And so he comes back with the same play, and they tried to lift me off, and, you know, hoping I was going to break to the inside receiver because we were in zone, of course, and they were running guys just straight down the field on creases. And, and so I, I kind of slid that way. But as soon as I saw him set, I took off and I broke it. I beat the receiver to the football, actually. Jumped up and caught it and, you know, stepped out of bounds, and that was that was it. You know, we had our championship uh, Rose Bowl rings and watches, and everybody was excited and, you know, been talking about it ever since then. So, And, man, I have a question. Was that something that you studied on film before, or was that just your instincts in the game? Because you know how people say film is not important. But if you, but it really is. If you watch them do a play, and you see that uh, lineup set. You know, to be honest with you, it was just something that I sensed. Uh, when I saw them come back with the same formation, you know, I kind of baited him to throw it to the outside receiver because I knew the play before. Either somebody upstairs, upstairs said something because they came back to the same formation and everything else. Did the same thing. Receivers came off the same way. And so as soon as that happened, I knew they were running the same routes, and they did. And so, you know, I pretended when he was looking at the inside receiver to slide that way. But as soon as he looked back, before he got cocked, I was already breaking, and he still threw it. But, you know, by then, I had a great jump on it. You know, it was just me, you know, catching the ball and stepping out of bounds. It's interesting. Go ahead, Chris. Learn some more that's watching this stuff. I'm learning more about you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was good. I mean, that's a, that's impressive because, you know, when I met you at Super Bowl, I was already impressed. I was sitting there talking to you. You know what I mean? You took up that conversation. But, you know, when you know more about a person like this, this is really, you know what I'm saying, this is why you you at right now, man, it's been like, you know, successful and um, great with kids. So, Go ahead, Chris. Shoot it up. Hey, I appreciate so it. The next thing I want to talk about is that I know that there were some opposing players or teams that you enjoyed going up against. You know, you don't have to name players specifically, but which teams were they? Which teams did I like going up against? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll tell you the team that I probably played one of my fiercest games against. And and I and I'll share this story. Uh we played against the Cleveland Browns in I want to say nineteen eighty four. And we lost to them. And we lost to them because the Browns ran a play on the goal line and I can't remember they had Mike oh, Mike Pruitt. Yeah. Mike Pruitt and Greg Pruitt. Uh Mike Pruitt down on the goal line. I hit him, I feel myself going backwards. He steps on my chest because my shoulder pads raised up, and he had on metal cleats, and he left a cleat mark on my chest. Wow. And so the next year we played against Cleveland, I knocked out my boyhood idol, Greg Pruitt. Uh, I crushed another one of their receivers, and uh, Mike Pruitt didn't run me over again. So, And through a coach, when I've met an offensive coach, that was there for that game, 
they were amazed that someone at the time weighing 179 pounds could be as fierce as I was and play as long as I did because the one thing they said is that there is no way this kid can keep hitting like this and stay in the National Football League. And so that, that was something that made me feel real good. But as far as, uh, you know, players, I'll, I'll tell you who uh, I enjoyed playing against uh, a lot. Oh, now, now, now I know I need to really be a part of this concussion suit. Uh, John Stalwer. Uh, John, to me, was uh, a true professional. He's, he's the guy that you could really knock the crap out of, and he would say great hit. But the one thing he always did, he always competed. You can never, you can never take his heart. You can never hit him and make him become faint of heart. I mean, there were there were guys in the league that you could hit, and they would become faint of heart. They start looking for the football. I mean, looking for you. You know, John Stowe always stayed focused on that football, and he made Terry Bradshaw because Terry Bradshaw would make throws to him that he'd become a defensive back and make sure you wouldn't get the ball. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, that, that, that's that, that's impressive to be able to go up against people like that, and you know. Well, let me ask have a question. I'm gonna jump in here. Um, okay. Can you explain to me if there is a difference between confidence and cocky? I mean, look how you said you came back the next year, um, and then let Mike uh, Pruitt, you know, run you over. But were you confident that you know you're the best, or were you cocky? Because I was confident. I, mean, I, I was I was confident that that wasn't going to happen again. Uh, you know, for 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 a little guy, I've always been able to play with and against bigger guys. And to me, that that was an aberration. That was an anomaly. That that wasn't something that happened all the time where I would hit somebody and they would actually do me like that. And so I was bound and determined not to be on the Cleveland Browns highlight tape, and there's no question that I wasn't that following year. And I just thought it was, you know, kind of a it, – it, it was so cool because, like I said, you know, the, the offensive coaches that were – and I've run into a couple of them. That's the one thing, the game they talk about. You know, soon as they see me or – they know I'm in the room. They they talk about that game. So it's kind of like, man, I must have left an impression with them. But I, my intent was to leave an impression with them. That that I'm not this soft guy. I'm not this guy that, you know, is accustomed to being, you know, run over. You know, let's face it, football is, is a physical game. And, you know, when people ask me how do I play 14 years, 14 years it's, it's something that, you know, I decided that I was going to play, you know, as long as I could or, you know, until I got tired. And and I didn't really think about it, but I knew I could stay competitive as long as I had that edge to really prepare myself better than most people, not just mentally, but physically. And so my conditioning was always a big part of, of who I was. And then mentally, I always tried to outstudy people. And uh, so I knew what was going on in the game. I knew teams, tendencies and stuff. And so, you know, I could be the quarterback on defense and tell, get guys lined up and let them know what the plays were coming, that kind of stuff. Uh, but that was a commitment I made. Okay. Well, one thing that uh, had, had just came out was Golden Tate from the Detroit Lions. 
mm-hmm. uh, said that opposing players have come up to him after the first three games of the season and told him they knew what plays were coming during the game. Uh, they don't know if that was based on films or uh, just by, by you know, them giving something away. Uh, it's both. It's, it's, you, you, you've, you've said exactly what it is. I mean, sometimes it's called tendencies. And so if a team has certain tendencies, you look at those tendencies, and when they're in those situations and they, they get in those alignments, and that's what they're going to do. Okay. And so, you know, every, every, every week you get tendencies. Uh, but, but, but the players that can can really remember those tendencies and information and, and then, you know, uh, you know, give their teammates, hey, you know, here's probably what's coming. Here's the play that's probably coming. So that gives them a, an advantage, you know. And so that's, and that's, that's what happens a lot of the time. If you get a team's tendency, then you have a chance to really disrupt their offensive game plan. Now, isn't that kind of what I think when you talk about with the Super yeah. Bowl, that word play, was that? Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? With the interception, isn't that what we're talking about, right? Yep, yep. Exactly like he's out. So, Nessie, question for you. I was looking at your stats from when you both played at Indianapolis, Baltimore Colts yeah. uh, versus mm-hmm. Seattle. Um, yes. And it seemed to me that your stats were just a little bit better with Seattle than they were previous. What, what do you think about that? Uh, I'll say probably so. True. And and what 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 do you think uh, is 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 behind that? Is it because you were you had better coaching, you had better plays, you know, you you had been in the league long enough to to know things, or oh, no question, been in the league long enough to know things. Okay. And play, and seeing some of these same players and. Oh plays. yeah, you, you know, at a certain point, you become a coach on the field, so you have a pretty good clue, you know, what's going on, you know, who's doing what. I mean, there were times in Seattle. I can go to hold on for a second, please. Sorry, I could go to the sideline and, uh, you know, uh, Tom Callum was probably the the best defensive coordinator that really understood the value of player input any coach that I've ever played for it. So I could go and tell Tom that so-and-so has so-and-so locked down. We don't have to worry about this side, so we can do more of this. You know, and he would, you know, he would, he would say okay sometimes. And then when he didn't say okay, he would explain why he wasn't saying okay. So, you know, but he always valued our input. And, you know, he knew that we had put in enough time to, to, to at least have a conversation and to, and to at least, know what we're talking about. Yeah, that, that's, well, that's, that's always a plus. That's what we do. I'll take my last break, but when we come back, guys, we got two more questions for you. Man, I'm sitting there writing that stuff. I, I, I learned about you, and that's some good stuff, man. That's All right. Good stuff. But this is Jay Lovey and Chris, and I guess now we'll be right back. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. 
If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving, host of Loving That Sports Talk, and co-host Chris. You there, Chris? I'm right here. And we got a guest from Illinois player, Nazri. I know you that, man. Well, man, that's what we got a little bit for this last segment, but I want to get in and out of it. You know, um, the NFL, you know, there's a lot of players being hurt. Um, is that kind of normal, you know? Isn't that where the ones that we say they need to play a more preseason game and we see that they're not playing, then when they get in the season, they're getting hurt? Don't that start to seem like it's kind of a trend now? Say what now? Don't you see when it's starting to become a trend that these star players are not playing uh, in a lot of the preseason games, the regular season start to getting hurt in the first couple of weeks? You think they should well, play more preseason games? Well, I just don't think they hit enough. They they don't build up enough stuff during practice. I mean, I don't think they hit, you know, I mean, really hit, not even once a week anymore. I mean, they save everything for the game, so when their bodies are getting smashed, you know, they're, they're not used to being popped, and all of a sudden, you know, things are getting jacked up, and then the body can't even mend itself. Because, I mean, you think about how hard we used to practice. And, I'm not, and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying go back to that era, but you need to condition the body so it can adjust to being hit. It can recover from being hit. Yeah, I mean, that's my own personal theory, so we'll see. <laughs> But I mean, it's, it's always the, the the star players, you know, your quarterback, 
they're the main one that's getting hurt, you know. Those, you know, the ones that you need. You, know, you think the league should be a little bit more, like, more penalties? Or, you know, you see that Ben got hurt, that wasn't a penalty. I mean, you think the league should take a little bit more to protect the quarterback? They're going to always do more to protect the quarterback. I mean, you know, when you look at, you know, the, the setup of a team now, you know, the, the quarterback is the golden child. I mean, you know, he he takes up by far the, the the largest percentage, you know, of pay. So, you know, automatically that makes them their most, you know, valuable entity, so to speak. So they're, they're trying to protect those guys. But I, I think all the players they are trying to protect because, you know, you get the salaries. But but once again, you know, football is a physical, violent game. And there's only so much, you know, protection you can do. And then there's, you know, diminishing returns. So if you are going to have guys out there in their short and shoulder pads and just, you know, button up, then that's not getting them ready for the game physically. That's getting them ready for the game mentally. But not physically. You have to hit. You have to get something practice to get ready for a game physically. And so they need to they need to try to find that fine line. Uh, so you're going to continue to have guys getting hit, bodies falling apart, uh, and you can attribute it to the speed and size. But you know, I I beg to differ. I just think that you know until they try to find that happy medium where we have to hit this much and do this much physical stuff, then you know. Guys are going to get hurt. They're going to stay hurt because the body's not conditioned to being hit. Okay. Well, since we're talking about Ben Roethlisberger, um, what do you think about Michael Vick? You know, how do you think he's going to do filling in for Ben? Uh, do you think this is going to help or hurt Antonio Brown, who's having an incredible season so far? Well, I mean, uh, Michael Vick is a, is a backup for a reason, so you you can't make that leap of, leap of faith and say, you know, it, it's not going to hurt uh, the star player. I mean, Ben Rosselberg is, is the biggest, strongest quarterback in the National Football League. And, you know, Michael Vick is a scat back, so to speak. So you have two entirely different types of quarterbacks. You can look at their size, their demeanor, and, and really what they're good at. You know, Vick's a scrambler. Vick's a uh, uh, – he can invent plays. You know, and, and, and Big Ben is truly Big Ben. He can stand in the pocket and throw linebackers, throw defense alignment off of him and make a play. And so as a receiver, you know that even though the pocket is collapsing, more times than not, Big Ben can withstand that. So you're going to still continue that route. You're going to break it off a certain kind of way. Whereas Michael Vick, you know, now is just running around every man for himself. So I'm not sure if the Steelers are set up to handle that type of offense because – you know, it, it, they're, just, they're, they're polar opposites. And so we'll see, you know, what happens in the future. But uh, the sooner uh, Big Ben gets back, I think that's the better for the Steelers. Okay. Liz, I want to change the thing from a different sport. I don't know if you heard what's going on with Derrick Rose. Have you heard about it? No. Well, he, he came out on me today, and make it long story short. Um, they asked him a question, and then he came and talked about free agency. Um, Chicago and the fans, everybody upset because free agency, they offered him for two more years. So my question to you is, he was talking about it and explaining how he got to look out for his family, you know, his son, when he turned 18, about money and free agency. 
Uh, back when you and I played, and now don't you see a different athletes that they worry about more about money than the love of the game of like taking care of themselves. You know, you think that was okay for him? I know everybody had upset because they pay him ninety three million and he ain't played. You know, he always been hurt. But don't you see well, another player? Well, I, I think it, we we all need to kind of just kind of look back and really understand that we're we're, we're talking about two different eras. I mean. Uh, one one of the things that I think that was true in, in our era was that football really was a, a team game, and you had more guys who had the us and we mentality as opposed to the I and me mentality. You know, when you, you look at the dollars that are involved, the notoriety and everything else, you know, you have more players that are into the I and me. You know, because that's that's just part of the culture now. So, you know, I've always said that football is the greatest team sport in the world. But, you know, you have so many guys playing football now that make it about themselves, they, they are missing that point. I mean, great teams truly are great teams when you talk about football teams. They, they have a number of great players on that team. It's not just one guy, you know, making that team great. So a question was posed last on last week's show to James about defense. Um, do you think that defenses are better this season than they've been in the past, or do you think they're the same? No, I think defenses are getting better and better. I mean, I think they are uh, – you, know, you always have this, this situation – once, you know, defenses start slowing down and adjusting to the offense, then they start changing the rules. You know, they, they let things, you know, receiver running down, pushing a DB, you know, all of a sudden, you know, that's not a penalty anymore. Because, you know, it's about scoring points, I mean, scoring points, and that's what gets the fan base excited. I mean, you, they don't want a whole lot of, you know, 10, 9 games, you know, uh, 14 to, to nothing, you know. They, they want the 35 to 30 game, you know, the 28 to uh, 21. You know, they, they, they won games with points against scored, so the fan base gets all riled up and they get into the game. And so when you have, you know, defenses shutting down offenses, they're always looking at a loophole or a way to allow the offense to, to score more points. But that, that's just part of the coach, and that's just part of football trying to really market itself and continue to be, you know, the number one sport that it is. So that, that's going to always – they're going to always make adjustments. I mean, once you have teams that are consistently setting, setting down the offense, they will find ways to allow that offense to score more points. Well, man, we got to get going on that minute, one minute. But come on to Denver, and I'll spot you 9-0. we get a golf game going. I'm going to spot you. Say what now? I said, uh, we got to get going, but I want you to come down to Denver. Let's get a golf game going. I'm going to spot you nine holes. Oh, you got it. Whatever you whatever you want to do, dog. I mean, you know, hey, you, you know, you can take your whipper like a man or you can cry about it. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to take you again, man. And, uh, Chris, we got to get going another week, right? Absolutely. Yeah. It's been great, great talking to you, Nesby. Hey, you as well, Chris. You take care. Thank you, too. All right, goodbye. Bye. Bye. 
That's going to do it for this week's edition of Loving That Sports Talk. But don't worry, James Loving will be back next week, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to love more sports talk then. And keep in touch with James all week at lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. 